The Cedar Swamp Podcast, starring Lucas, Sam, and sometimes Kevin. Brought to you by your attention. And now, here's them. Welcome back to the episode two of the Seeger Swabcast. This is uh, one of the hosts, Lucas Segerstrom, along with other host, Sam Delgardell. Hey, I'm glad I go before Kevin. And then last but certainly least, Kevin Dietrich. I'm only sometimes here. That's that's why the intro said so. Hopeful, hopefully. Just kidding, Kevin. We love you. I actually might leave early now, so I can. Never mind. On that note, let's get into uh, this last week in college basketball, and we'll start with the in-state teams. Um, Iowa State uh, beat. Who was it again? They beat before tonight. Oklahoma at home. Oklahoma. Yeah, you guys kind of took care of business in that game. wasn't that close, really. Yeah, kind of ran away with it late. Had a good second half. Yeah. I agree with that. Got to give more insight than that, Kevin. You're actually an Iowa State fan. I know. Yeah, it was a good game. I just have to pull it up here really quick. Because you don't remember because you didn't watch it. I did watch it, as a matter of fact. Actually, it was Saturday. So I don't know if I actually watched it. I don't remember. <laughs> so you're saying you did I think I watched part remember. of it. You can't remember like four days ago. <laughs> Lucas, or not Lucas. Kevin, can you name anybody from Oklahoma's team? Like who plays for them? Uh, Kareem Latin. Is that his name? Kadeem, Kadeem Latin. Latin. Kareem, Kareem Latin. <laughs> That's a disgrace to compare Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to. Anyway, anyway, about this uh, Iowa State game. Uh, Naz Long had another good game. Um, he was five eleven from the three pointers. Uh, he had twenty three points. Wait, what did I? What's wrong? Five eleven from the three pointers. You could say he's five for eleven. That's what I said. I said five for eleven from the three pointers. <laughs> <laughs> Who says it like that? I don't know. But anyway, he led the team in scoring with twenty three points. Uh, Monte Morris was kind of close to a triple double. He had thirteen points with. Six rebounds and nine assists. He still had zero turnovers, so that's really good. Yeah, I was just going to say we should do a turnover update. And tonight he had, oh, he had one. One tonight. But, Gee, many Christmas. Yeah. He did only have five assists, which is a little surprising. But Yeah. And he only played 34 minutes, and he didn't play all 40, which is kind of unusual. Yeah, I think the, their win tonight on the road at Kansas State was good because Solomon Young had a double-double, which is unusual. How was this? Is that his first start tonight? No, he started against Oklahoma. Um, okay. I mean, played 33 minutes and went 8 of 10 from the field, 12 boards, uh, 2 blocks, and stayed out of foul trouble, which he and Burton have both been in foul trouble, and they both weren't tonight. So to go into the Octagon of Doom, which is probably the coolest name for an arena you could have, and uh, Iowa State is actually pretty good at getting wins there, but it's a very difficult place to win. Kansas basically never wins there. Especially when that Dean Wade guy's on fire and mm-hmm. Wesley Owundu, who's, I think, been there for about 10 years now. So Yeah, I think he got a injury red shirt, but I'm not positive on that. So that's probably why it feels like he's been here. Also, Phil Forte has been around forever. Yeah, Phil Forte cannot still be in college basketball. Like Somebody needs to look into that and see if that's legitimate. I wonder who's had a longer career, Will Forte or Phil Forte? Uh, I was actually going to say who played longer, uh, what's his name, Philip Forte or uh, Robbie Hummel. Kevin probably doesn't know who Robbie Hummel is. Yeah, I do. He's, I think he's on the Timberwolves right Where now. Where did he play in college, though, Kevin? Oklahoma State. Think Big Ten. Think Big Ten. Iowa? No. I don't know anything. Arena? Ring a bell to you? 
That doesn't, that doesn't ring a bell for me, so it definitely doesn't for Kevin. Nope, it does not. He played at Purdue for a very long time. Uh, Hummel had a series of two serious injuries in his career, so he literally played college basketball for like six years because of red shirts. I think he got like three medical red shirts, which isn't possible, but it, somehow for him it did. Um, but, yeah, the win tonight, though, on the road was impressed for Iowa State because, I mean, last week when they uh, went to Texas, they didn't play nearly that well. Um, and and uh, Kansas State's a better team than Texas, so this is a better win for them. Um, so yeah, they're up to sixteen and nine now, eight and five in conference. So they're kind of sitting good going late in the season here. You know, and they have uh, four road wins in the Big Twelve this year, so that's really good. Yeah, uh, last week, uh, actually a week ago, when we recorded our last podcast, they were in the process of playing at Minnesota, and they lost a, a tough ball game in double overtime on the road. And uh, there's a little controversy towards the end. I mean, Iowa was up two with like. 20 maybe 28 seconds left or something and the guy got trapped but i guess fran was calling timeout the guy was calling timeout and they called a jump ball gave the ball to minnesota they tied the game went into i think that i don't know i think that was the end of regulation i can't remember if that was overtime regulation but then they ended up losing so but yeah there's a young team still trying to figure out how to win close games and then this last saturday they they played tough in the first half at michigan state but in the second half they uh, michigan state just kind of pulled away really tough place to play at the breslin center and Michigan State's got some really talented guys. I mean, Miles Bridges is going to be a really good NBA player, and we'll see if he sticks sticks around after this year. But, yeah, Iowa, they don't play again until Saturday. They play Illinois at home, so that's a very good chance for them to win a game. Yeah. But, yeah, they're you know they're not going to win too many more games, I think, but we'll see. We have a couple home games coming up, so that's a few chances to win. Uh, a young team like Iowa is probably not going to win any more road games as they play at Maryland and Wisconsin to end out the year as far as road games are concerned. Yeah, that's that's not going to be pretty. But, uh, I mean, I was just sitting under 500 in, in the Big Ten. The Big Ten's not very good this year. As as the the weird thing that just came out with the, the selection committee dropping their first 16 seeds and there were no Big Ten teams in there. So the Big Ten's down. Still pretty good teams at the top with Maryland and uh, especially Wisconsin with their senior leadership. But Iowa, you know, sitting at around 500 could end the year in the Big Ten, even above the 500 line. Yeah, I mean, they have Illinois, Indiana at home next two games. I mean, Indiana has just been a disappointment this year. I mean, part of that's injury. But even when they were healthy, they weren't playing up to their potential. Yeah, I heard a weird article title this week someone kind of calling for tom crane's job like is, is it his time to be done what do you think of that lucas um i've heard that <clears throat> rumor the last couple of years and i don't know i think he's a good coach i just i don't know i i don't think they should fire him i mean indiana indiana is a high profile job so they'll have to find somebody high profile to replace him <clears throat> and i can't really think of anybody right now that would be a good fit there but no crane's a good coach and um, they, sh- they haven't really put it together they're a young team as well they lost their Mr. Everything from last year, Yogi Ferrell, who was kind of their team leader, and they're still trying to find that this year. I mean, they have a pretty good young point guard in uh, Josh Newkirk, but he's still trying to learn how to play. And yeah. They just, you know, they lost OG Ananobi, their most athletic player for the rest of the season. So it's going to be tough for them to make it at the tournament if they do. Yeah, what do you think about those teams in the Big Ten that are normally locks for the tournament, like Michigan State sitting at 16-10 and 10, and Indiana at 15-11? Going into the year, both both these teams had a high ceiling for what they were capable of with good young talent, and obviously the Ananobi injury hurts Indiana more than more than it even did even seem. But what do you think their chances of are making the tournament? You know those typical teams. You can't imagine a tournament without Tom Izzo or Tom Crean. 
but but what do you think about that, Lucas or Kevin? Definitely have more faith in Michigan State making it in than I do Indiana. Uh, Michigan State's been playing a little better lately um, than than Indiana has. Um, I'll have to look at their schedule sack. Michigan State finishes the year. Let me see here. Um, find it really quick. Um, they play. Let me see their schedule. Oh, they actually do have some pretty tough road here. Three of their last five games are, are against the Big Ten's top teams. They play at Purdue uh, next game, and then they play Wisconsin at home, which will be a big game, and then they finish the year at Maryland. So their schedule is kind of tough. But with an opportunity to get some quality wins that the committee will be looking at. Exactly. I mean, they, they can play with any of these teams. Uh, I mean, Purdue is really good, but they're they're kind of more of a physical team like Michigan State and uh, Wisconsin plays really slow, slow-paced basketball, but they're effective. And Maryland's Maryland's really hot and cold. They're the surprise of the Big Ten by far. Them and them and Northwestern. I mean, Northwestern won at Wisconsin this week, and I could not believe that. That kind of I think that one kind of almost sealed Northwestern getting in the tournament this year. At least it. I mean, they'll they'll. I don't know what they're projected right now, but they're sitting, I think, 18-6, and six, and that's a really, really quality one. I think that's Wisconsin's only loss at home this year. Uh, but, yeah, Northwestern, though, they're 19-7, actually, after tonight. Um, and I'm looking at their schedule, and they play, you know, uh, I mean, they might go 4-1 and one down the stretch. They play Rutgers, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, and Purdue. So they, you know, a lot of those games they should definitely win. So I'm, I'm thinking they're for sure going to get in the tournament, even if they were to lose first round of Big Ten tournament. So, yeah. But that's why we love college basketball so much is there's so much parity compared to other sports. I mean, we could have a tournament with a Northwestern that's never been there and it without Michigan State who somehow makes it to the Final Four even when they're an 11 seed. So that's why we love college basketball. That's why we talk about it so much. And Kevin doesn't love it as much as me and Lucas. So for all you listeners out there that don't like it, Kevin's your boy. I'm your boy. Kevin, uh, what do you think about your predictions last week in the Adventure game? What do you have to say about that uh, Oregon-UCLA game? Um, let me look it up really quick. Wow, so unprepared. <laughs> I know. Jeez, Kevin, come on. I mean, I watched like 10 minutes of that game, and I could already have something to talk about. It. Oh, okay. I am sorry. Lucas. Okay. Uh, Oregon was up big in that game. I think they got up by as many as like 20 points to start that game, and then UCLA had a huge comeback. They, UCLA ended up winning uh, thanks to Lonzo Ball hit this ridiculous step back three late in that game, which another interesting thing about Lonzo Ball is I think I saw today that his dad said that Lonzo is going to be better than Steph Curry. Lonzo's not even a great shooter. He's more of like a playmaker and stuff, so I don't know why his dad's saying stuff like that. I think his dad's just trying to be a supporting father and he's always gonna yeah i can support my kids but i'm not gonna say my kids gonna be better than like lebron james or something i mean yeah that's not really supporting that's setting them up to fail that's the greatest shooter that's ever walked the earth so to say you're better than that guy plus he's got ridiculous handles and passing ability and he plays on the best team in the world so i yeah i think that's a little premature i do think Lonzo ball is a really good player and will be no worse than a top four pick in the draft this year Lucas, what was your game of the week? Gotta get away from this carpet. Yeah, my game of the week was Xavier and uh, Villanova, and Villanova uh, dominated that one. They took care of business. Another day in the park for Josh Hart and uh, one of the best teams in the country who will be a very popular pick in March to possibly repeat as hard as that is. I don't think they'll do it, but it's, you know, they're definitely a team you have to look at as a team that can do that again. Gonzaga, St. Mary's was college game day. A lot of hype coming into the game. and Yeah. 
Looking at that right now. Yeah, Gonzaga came out of the gates really aggressive, and Schmidt Karnowski had 10 points before the media timeout, so in under four minutes. He ended with, like, 19, and, I mean, you can't stop Schmidt. Jock Landale can't even stop Schmidt Karnowski, and Jock Landale's a stud. Um, yeah, Gonzaga's tough this year because, I mean, they're always balanced on all look at all their box scores, and they're all, you know, they have like four or five guys with double figures. Another big game that uh, took place was that uh, Tobacco Road rivalry, Duke and North Carolina, which is a really entertaining game. Uh, back and forth most of the game. Um, Justin Jackson did his thing for North Carolina, what I expect, with 21 points, and Joel Berry poured in 15. Um, but Duke just, I mean, they had three guys dominate. I mean, Grayson had 25, Kennard had 20, and Tatum had 19. And after tonight, when on the road at uh, Virginia, they've won six in a row, and they're starting to look like the team we all thought they'd be before the year. Um, Tatum's been on fire. He had 28 points tonight against Virginia. I mean, he's starting to look like as good as the hype was about him going into the year. Yeah, Duke started 3-4 and four in the ACC, and now they've won six straight. Coach K is back. They're looking good, and they're going to be a very easy pick to go deep in the tournament, possibly Final Four, possibly Championship, because they're playing well. They actually look like they have some chemistry as they won at home against North Carolina and on the road. A road win at Virginia is not an easy place to play. Virginia with good defense and Duke getting a W there is very impressive. Yeah, and the thing about Duke when I watch them play is they just have so many guys that make difficult shots. It's like I don't know how you can defend them. Like Grayson hits these ridiculous threes. Kennard makes these awkward driving shots that he always makes and like I mean then they have Tatum making shots tonight that was ridiculous it's just like you play great defense on them they just make difficult shots so I, as long as they do that they might win the whole thing it's pretty ridiculous I think Duke is a lot like Kansas in the respect that if they don't make shots somebody can make a run on them and hit shots they would be in trouble because they don't get a whole lot of production. I thought Giles would have been a guy who had more of a more of a post game but he's kind of a guy that just gets out in transition and and can dunk and get rebounds and putbacks, which is what he was. But I never, I thought he would be a little better than he is. And they really rely on Emil Jefferson. If he doesn't rebound and if Giles Giles doesn't rebound, they're kind of in trouble. It's kind of the same thing we saw Duke in the past when they've lost to Mercer and Lehigh. If they don't hit shots, it's they can get beat by anybody. Yeah, I mean, looking at tonight's game or the North Carolina game, they uh, Giles Jefferson and Bolden, their three centers combined for eight points total. Like they don't, they're not getting enough production scoring from their big guys. Jefferson does a lot of other things pretty good, but I thought, yeah, I thought Giles would be a lot better than what he is. I mean, he a lot of people protect him as like number one pick in the draft going into the year. So I, I don't know if he's still not healthy or. He just doesn't fit in with their system well, but I mean, just like I'm just mainly talking about Grayson and Kennard just hit. They always make ridiculous shots every game, and everybody like knows what they're gonna do, but they still do it. So we'll see how far they can go. But it'd be cool to see them play like somebody like Villanova. It'd be just so entertaining. But Lucas, another unusual game last week. Virginia's been kind of cold. They lost on the road to Virginia Tech in double overtime, and that game had something weird that you don't normally see. Is London Parentes was driving down the lane. This is in the first overtime. Went up for a layup. The ball spins all the way around the rim and then stops on the back iron, that little flat part between the tr- the the square and the back iron, and it just stopped after a full spin around the rim. You never see that happen. No, I've, I've done a lot of basketball shots, and I don't think I could ever even like try to do that. No, it's just kind of something weird that happens, and the game was timed 68-68 to 68 in overtime at that point, and that, ga- that, uh, that shot would have put them up 70-68, to 68, but instead uh, Virginia Tech got the ball because of the possession arrow, so... 
Yeah, it's a little just uh, bad luck and misfortune there. Um, but from a really, really good player, London Prentice is one of the top uh, five, probably or six point guards in the country. He's a really, really good player. Um, but yeah, they're they're a tough team. They they they've always been really good the last like four or five years, but they just haven't had enough offense to get real deep in the tournament. Last year, they should have went to the Final Four. Last year, they blew it against Syracuse. I still don't know that was the most surprising team I've ever seen go to the Final Four. Like I've seen a lot of like teams like high seeded that I said, oh, they could make it. But looking at Syracuse, I'm like, that team wasn't good. Like how they make no. the Final Four. No. They should have lost to Gonzaga when they played them. That's that was the weird thing about that last year. They played so many good teams. Gonzaga, Virginia. I mean, really good teams that they shouldn't. They had no business beating. Since we're on the topic of college basketball. This, however, we're going to switch genders and go to women's basketball, which is something we don't do very often. UConn just got their 100-game winning streak this past week. Out of these 100 straight victories, 56 of them have been by more than 40 points. <laughs> That's absurd. How are they winning by this much? Obviously, Gina Oriema is one of the best recruiters, probably the best recruiter in women's basketball, if not all of basketball. I don't even know what to say. There's no competition that can compete with them. They're not even getting close to beating them. 56 out of 100 that are more than 40 Yeah, points? I also saw that they have more 60-point wins than they do single-point victories, which just, yeah, uh, doesn't make sense. Right. Uh, there's just such a big gap in women's basketball as far as recruiting and then when he does get the players, Gino just he's the best coach in the business, um, and uh, I don't see them losing like at least a championship anytime soon. They might lose a game, but they're gonna win it all. Like I don't know, they could win like as many as they want to. Now I just don't see anybody beating them. It's like UCLA back in the day is what they're doing right now. No, it's been over 800 days since they last lost a game. It was November 2014 since they last lost. That's that's a long time. Yeah, ago. they've had some really good players. I mean, Maya Moore's tearing up the WNBA. Like, she's won at least one title with the Minnesota Lynx that I'm familiar with. And last year they had Brianna Stewart, who just dominated in the post and like really, really good player. And that's why Lucas is the Schwab because he's naming off women's basketball players. The biggest victory for UConn in this past uh, winning streak came against a ranked team. They beat South Florida 103 to 37. Was a real game? Yeah. Against a ranked team. This is some of the best. Oh, that was a ranked team? Coming. Yeah, they were ranked 20th in the nation, and they lost by 65. That can't happen. No. That's even worse than that, uh, what was it, St. Mary's San Diego game that was like 70 to 27 or whatever? Yeah, that's just absurd. Yeah, it's just that's not all right. Yeah. UConn women are good, good at basketball, good at life. Uh, don't see them losing anytime soon. Is this good for women's basketball or is this bad for women's basketball? Um, it's a bit of both. It's good because UConn winning gives publicity and uh, people will tune into UConn games now, so their TV ratings will be better, at least when UConn plays. But as far as the other uh, spectrum, it's not good just because there's no parity in it, so no one's interested. It's just like, oh, fill out a women's bracket, just put... UConn in the championship winning because that's all you need to do. I filled out women's brackets in the past and that's literally all I did and I was always right. I, I would get at least three of the four Final Four teams every year. Yeah, pretty much all you gotta do is pick a one seed for every region. Yeah. There's hardly ever upsets in women's basketball. No, an upset is like a 10 beating a 7 in that tournament. It's not an upset, yeah. I'm not gonna watch a game like this because why? When they're beating ranked teams by 65 I'm not gonna tune into that garbage. I would like to watch a, like a close game I don't want to see UConn do this. It's I think it's terrible. What do you think, Kevin? Well, it's fun to see, you know, a juggernaut team, you know, just with a great great offense, great defense, you know, just manhandle, or should I say woman handle um, different basketball teams. 
one thing um that you can compare this to like like I mean it's almost like a video game that they're you know watching you know once you get really good at the game like NBA 2K eventually comes to where I mean you're beating teams by like 30 points every single time when you know it should be a lot closer I mean it's almost kind of like that and it's fun for a little bit but it gets boring because there's really no challenge to it and stuff like that and you're like oh we know that they're just gonna destroy this team so it's like why even bother going to it you know i think now might be the time for uh, stump the schwab and now it's time for stump the schwab this is a really bad stuart scott impression booyah all right let's stump the schwab uh lucas we have an event coming up this weekend it is the nba all-star game so we're gonna do a little bit of all-star trivia are you ready lucas sure sure let's be let's be interesting first question who holds the record for most all-star game points I think it's LeBron James now. You did it, big boy! I'm proud! All right. Back in 1984, the first slam dunk contest was held in Denver. Can you tell me who won it, Lucas? I think that was Michael Jordan's rookie year, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. I think it would have been big back then. Like, you probably would have had, like, Dominique Wilkins would probably be in there. That's one of the options. Not the correct answer, though. Nick Wilkins is in there. Who else would been there? Julius Irving, would he be in there? Dr. J? Nope, no Dr. J. I'm going to go with Michael winning one. Good guess. It was actually a man named after a potato. Did that give you any hints, Lucas? Spud Webb? It was Spud Webb. Spud Webb, okay. I, didn't... I, don't, I don't know if he's actually named after a potato, but... <laughs> I always picture I didn't think Spud Webb played that long ago like it seemed like he played like later on in the 80s and early 90s alrighty this one's an interesting one I like this question uh, who has won the most NBA All-Star Game most valuable player awards that one I think is Kobe Bryant you are correct Good job Lucas um, who has played in the most NBA All-Star Games with 18 wow that's a lot well there's a couple of people coming to my mind here Hmm, 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 hmm. I'm going to go with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You are correct, Lucas. This is an unusual question, and if you get this one right, I'll I'll buy you a... Hmm, what do you want? Hospital. <laughs> you want me to buy you a hospital? No, that's just an ongoing inside joke. I'll buy you a Taco Bell slushie if you get this one right, all right? Happy hour, because I'm cheap. All right, who holds the record for most rebounds in a single All-Star game? Most rebounds in a single game? There's something come to my head because it's super random, but I don't even know if he, if he ever actually played in an All-Star game. Okay. This is not going to be right. There's no way. But I'm going to say Marcus Camby. No. But the correct answer is somebody I've never even heard of, and I, don't, I hope I don't butcher his name, Bob Pettit. Bob Pettit, yeah, he played way back in the day. All right. This one's a little weird. Who is the tallest player to ever win the slam dunk contest? Tallest? Yep. Was it Dwight Howard at 6'10"? Ding, ding, ding. You did it, big boy! I was going to say, I don't think anyone ever taller than him would win. Okay, Lucas, last question to stump the Schwab officially or not, because this one's not really a traditional one, but we're going to go with it. In a single NBA All-Star game, who is the player who had the most assists in one game? Three people coming to my mind right now. Of the three people in my head, I'm going to have to go with Jason Kidd. Ooh, we have stumped the Schwab. Isaiah Thomas with 14 assists. Like the Isaiah Thomas? Like Yeah. Okay. I was thinking either Jason Kidd, 
Chris Paul or Steve Nash. Those are the three I was thinking, but Isaiah mm-hmm. Thomas was really good back then. I just didn't think back that far. But Time for messages. Oh, boy. This is the segment where we read our tweet of the week. I guess I'll go first. Uh, mine was from uh, the Fake Sports Center Twitter page, and it said, Tony Romo and his wife are expecting a child. This will be their third child. He will now officially have more kids than playoff wins. thought that was funny. All right, I got one. This is coming from the Twitter page that Lucas used last week, the Big 12 Refs parody account. This is in reference to the Jayhawk fans leaving while West Virginia was up 14 with 243 to go in regulation. The tweet is, the best fans in America, apparently also really good at beating the traffic. Yeah, because, like, how many of them left, like, with, like, two minutes left? I saw a video of, like, a cheerleader running out and ran back in. Mm-hmm. And Dick Vitale was not having any of it. He just completely ripped them. He said, UKs can't be frontrunners. You have to be fans through and through. And somehow Kansas came back from down 14 with 243 to go, forced overtime on some late threes by Devontae Graham. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that shouldn't happen. I mean, unless you're you and I against A&M, I've not seen something that bad. Okay, I actually have a new tweet now. Mm-hmm. Okay, what you got, Kevin? It's from uh, Kyle Long who is Chicago Bears offensive lineman. Yeah, he's like driving through Iowa. Thought crossed my mind. Everyone I've played against from Iowa is tough as crap. Except he's had something else. I'm censoring it. So yeah, quick shout out to Iowa. Everyone's tough here. I'm tough. Lucas is tough. Sam's tough. I don't know about Kevin being tough. Oh, I'm way tough. So tough. Yeah? Is that what the people uh, who played against Jessup football would have to say about you, Kevin? Oh, heck yeah. I was the best offensive lineman there. Uh, I highly doubt that. Oh, I was. In high school, I was 350 pounds of solid muscle. I lost the weight now because I don't want to be a fatty. I was, yeah. I really was. Um, If my football coaches happen to be watching this, they would agree with me. We can we can actually have them on. Are they going to watch our audio podcast, Kevin? <laughs> I meant listen. Sorry, I'm an idiot. That's all right. And now for the news report. In local news, we're going to give you a Waterloo Blackhawks update. After winning six in a row, they lose on the road in overtime. Or Sioux Falls. Anyway, after winning six straight, they drop one on the road in overtime. And me, Lucas, and Matt G were at the Saturday night game, Lucas, uh, that was an interesting one. You want to tell folks what we saw there? Oh uh, yeah, that game was uh, that game was uh, ridiculous. I've not seen teams score probably more than four or five goals in the game in person anyway, and they scored I think five in like the second period of that game. That it was just an onslaught, and they had shot after shot after shot the entire game, and we had a great uh, seat right behind the goal there watching it, and they have a solid team. I mean, they just picked up a guy I heard from uh, Tri City or whatever who, uh, I mean, they're kind of out of contention, so Waterloo picked them up, and Waterloo was already good before they got him, and now they're just they're on a roll, playing super good, and I can't wait to go watch them play again. They scored five goals in the second period. It was a pretty close game. It was 2-1, to one, and um, after some penalties by the Cedar Rapids Rough Riders, the Waterloo Blackhawks made a crazy run, put up five goals in the second period, added three in the third, and an amazing late goal with... About 30 seconds left on the left on the clock in the third period, he took on like it was probably like a one on four, and put in the tenth goal, the Waterloo Blackhawks winning 10 to two. It is the sixth time in PK O'Hanley's 15 seasons that the Waterloo Blackhawks have scored scored 10 goals. 
but it's pretty rare that they do this. It was last time that they did it. It was New Year's Eve in 2012. Yeah, that's that's almost as crazy as the fact that P.K. O'Hanley's been coaching there for that long. Because, I, yeah, I was going to say he's been coaching there a long time. I was going to say in other local news, uh, Waterloo West ties uh, Devin Moore, who's uh, signed a letter of intent to play uh, football at Iowa State next year, also plays basketball for West High, and he made a crazy play this week, uh, full court pass for an alley-oop for a layup, um, and he made Sports Center stop him. So I thought that was pretty cool, a kid from right here in our backyard, uh, Devin Moore, a kid that I, I, I uh, remembered seeing as a 7th grader when I was in high school and said that I think the kid's going to be really good at whatever sport he plays, and now he's a Division One football player, and he's also really good at basketball too, so I thought that was crazy to have a kid from Waterloo be on Sports Center's top 10. Well, another thing I'd, I thought we'd really like to talk about uh, this weekend is uh, the uh, NBA All-Star Weekend. Woo! And there's uh, several different what? competitions. Um, I mean, most people only really care about, like, the dunk contest and stuff. But there uh, there's some decent uh, participants uh, in the – I think the Skills Challenge actually has, like, the best, like, field of players in it. Uh, them like, interesting. Um, so I will, I'll kind of go through and see, I'll name who all is competing and then we'll kind of make our predictions for stuff and see how right we were. Starting with the skills competition, um, we have John Wall, Devin Booker, DeMarcus Cousin, Anthony Davis, four great, uh, Kentucky Wildcats there. Nikola Jokic, uh, Kevin's favorite player. It's, uh, Nikola Jokic. Yeah, only you and the people in Denver care. Uh, Gordon Hayward, <laughs> Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and Isaiah Thomas. So it's a pretty good field in there, I mean... Some really uh, gifted players, a lot of big guys in this year. I think that's interesting. Um, if I had to make a guess on who I'd pick to win that competition, I'm going to go with John Wall. I think he's uh, he's a stud. But what do you what do you think, Kevin? Well, I think Nikola Jokic is going to win it, obviously. <laughs> All right, you might be the only one picking him. I'm just kidding. No, I don't. I don't really know. Kind of a weird thing I've noticed about the skills competitions: the big guys do fairly well because they can take advantage of their of their length, my uh, what's the word I'm looking for? My underdog pick is Kristaps Porzingis. Dude, straight up fundamental and very, very skilled and athletic. Um, then we can go on to three point contest. That's actually my favorite one to watch. I think it's it's usually super competitive, entertaining. It's it's not gonna be quite as good as it was last year because Steph's not competing this year against Clay, which I would just wish they'd do it every year. It's super entertaining. Makes sense that that's Lucas's favorite thing because that's all Lucas ever did in high school: shoot threes, shoot threes, and then shoot some more threes. Yeah, it's because uh, three is more than two. So I mean, why why waste your time shooting twos unless you're like seven foot and you can just set the ball in the hoop? I mean, I didn't have that ability. So oh, when you're five foot, like seven with shoes on, and like three hundred pounds, there's only so much you can do. So you might as well shoot. Um, are, we, are you talking about you or Escalade? Uh, actually, I'm a, I was a mixture. of uh, professor and Escalade from the N1 Mix Tour. That's how I've been told. And what, what does that equal? Escalade? Professcalade. Okay. That, that's the nickname I was given. That's a pretty great nickname, Lucas. Um, back to uh, the three-point contest. The participants this year are Clay Thompson, who's a champion from last year, Kyle Lowry, Eric Gordon, Kyrie Irving, CJ McCollum, Wesley Matthews, and Nick Young. Um, I'm going to pick Clay. Uh, this competition was like made for him. He's the most consistent of those shooters. Um, Kyrie's won it in the past. A uh, guy that I, I think is a little underrated for this is Nick Young. He's I don't like the guy at all. He's an L.A. Laker, and I want them to get rid of him. But he does shoot threes very well, and he's just he's kind of an idiot, so I, I hope he loses. But he's a guy that I uh, think would have a good chance of winning. What do you think, Kevin? I really like C. 
CJ McCollum, who's really come on the scene for the Trailblazers the last few years, but I think I got to go with Clay Thompson. I mean, he's arguably right up there, you know, shooting as Steph Curry is. And Clay's probably the streakiest player in the world. I mean, he did score 60 and three quarters this year mm. and only took, well, he only took, uh, what, I think 11 dribbles to get uh, 60 points, which is just stupid. So, yeah, my pick for the three-point shootout is going to be Kyrie Irving from Cleveland. I don't know why. Yeah, he's won in the past, so, I mean, yeah. he knows the competition fairly well. Um, mm-hmm. Should be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last, but certainly not least, the NBA dunk contest, which the last two years has been really good thanks to uh, Aaron Gordon. Zach Levine's not doing it this mm-hmm. year, unfortunately. But uh, it's weird. This year they only have four participants. I don't remember them only having that little amount. But they have they have Aaron Gordon, DeAndre Jordan, which I think is kind of stupid that a guy his size is doing it. Um, Glenn Robinson the third, and Derek Jones Jr. He's not a very familiar name. He's kind of a up-and-coming player for the Phoenix Suns. But he, uh, I've seen some of his dunks, and that guy can really jump. He did some crazy dunks and warm-ups in one of their last games that I saw. And, you know, he's going to be a guy that's underrated. I, I'm i definitely going with Aaron Gordon, though. He got gypped out of last year, so I think he's going to have something special this year in the dunk contest. So Yeah. I don't know why, but it's unfortunate that not enough guys participate this in this one. Like, LeBron's never done it. I want to see a guy. Westbrook, Westbrook's never done it either. Yeah, Westbrook can just bring the rim down. Um, I wish <laughs> that guys, you know, like LeBron, Westbrook, those kind of guys would be in the dunk contest. Andrew Wiggins should be in it. Yeah, I don't know, George Niang maybe. <laughs> George Niang. I'd love to see Kemba Walker join this because that guy can jump. and he's. It's way more fun to watch these smaller guys get up and do it because yeah. one of the big guys in a dunk contest, who really cares? Like, well, Ankle breakers competition, I think Kemba would win probably. That guy just puts dudes on the ground with how many times he breaks their ankle. Yeah, probably the best crossover in the league behind, I don't know, like Steph or Kyrie. Steph and Kyrie have nasty crossovers. Um, Definitely the most underrated crossover. The best step back, though. I mean, he put that yeah. McGee guy from yeah. Pitt down on the ground. That's, Cardiac Kemba. That's one of my favorite plays in college basketball history. Oh, man. Every time I watch that, it gives me chills. One of the best tournaments I've ever watched, too, is watching not only Kemba, but when Shabazz Napier went off, too. I mean, those guys mm-hmm. are just special. UConn gets those little guards who just do crazy things. Um, and then the West versus East game. Um, the West on paper is just absurd when I look at their lineup. They Their starters are Seth, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, and Anthony Davis. Westbrook comes off the bench along with Clay Thompson. And I'm just like, okay, there's no way in the world the West is going to lose that game. I mean, they're not even going to try like usual, but that's just not fair. The East starters are LeBron, Kyrie, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's a really fun player to watch play. Uh, DeMar DeRozan and Jimmy Butler. But I'm just like, no, the West is just so, so good. They're just absolutely stacked. That's five of the six best players in the world are on the West. So, I mean. Like you mentioned, nobody really takes it serious. There's always alley-oops that shouldn't happen. People just turning the ball over. Pulling up. Yeah, pulling up from 35 feet. The the best, the last good, like, all-star game was that one where um, Michael's last one, I think. Like back in like 2003. Yeah, because the league had a competitive nature back then. Do you think they will ever do anything like baseball did, trying to bring back uh, the competitiveness of it? Like what baseball did, and now they're changing finally, was the winner got home field advantage in the World Series. Do you think the NBA would ever do anything? Not not to that level, obviously, but anything uh, like that. I think they should. I don't know if they will, but I don't think they should do what baseball did. I mean, that's 
That was kind of unfair. I mean, the Cubs had the best record in the league by like quite a bit this year, and they should add home field in the World Series. But yeah, I, I wish they would do something a little bit to make it a little more interesting. Because if the players tried a little bit harder, it'd be so much more entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's a couple times to see them try. Like, I think it was two or three years ago. I remember Kobe and LeBron would go at each other, and Kobe blocked LeBron like three times and kind of showed him who's boss a little bit. Another thing, which is unusual and completely not worth watching, but somehow we always end up watching it. The NBA All-Star Celebrity Gay. It's complete garbage. I actually don't mind watching that. It's just really stupid, but sometimes I like watching, like, uh, what is it? That one Duncan guy balls out, the older guy. Common usually plays in that. Kevin Hart annoys everybody in the whole world. Hey, that's the good thing. Kevin Hart coached last he's year. I'm fun. looking at the I think roster he's fun, and though. the coach's roster. I see no Kevin Hart, which is awesome. <laughs> but they call it the NBA Celebrity Game, but every time I watch this thing, it's former players that you kind of know who they are, like Baron Davis is in it this Baron year. Baron Davis. And Candace Parker, Los Angeles Sparks. Art contest champion in high school for putting her arm over her uh, lip instead of her eyes to dunk it. Yeah, let's not talk about that. It was complete garbage. But there's, I mean, I'm going to go down the list. Mark Cuban, that's a name we all know. Master P. Master <laughs> P? Yeah. Yep. Like Lil Romeo's dad, Master P? Yeah. Yes, like Nickelodeon oh, show Master man. P. Why is that guy in that? Yeah, that co- that team is coached by Draymond Green and Michael Smith, the NBA host, who's got his new Sports Center show, which is probably going to be garbage, even worse than our podcast. Um, the other team is coached by Jamel Hill, who's the other ESPN host. Obviously, this is complete garbage because it's just ESPN trying to push their new Sports Center show. It already wasn't good, was it? His and hers, they called it. Yeah. yeah. That show was just terrible. The other team, this one's coached by Jamel Hill and Kyle Lowry and Fat Joe. Mm, okay. The only people that I actually recognize their names, Nick Cannon, the host of MTV's yep. Wild Now. Used to used to be the host of Nickelodeon Slime Games too. Oh man. Wasn't he Slime? And wasn't he uh what was that America's Got Talent? Is yeah, he used to be married used to be married to Mariah Carey also. And the only other name that I can remember is an old NBA player, Jason Williams. Well who else is on there? I mean we got random people. Um Oscar Schmidt used to play. Um, there's so many people that I just don't know their names. I'm not big into celebrities like Lucas is. Hey, uh, pitchers and catchers reported. So base baseball season not far from not far from the start. St. Louis Cardinals were docked two draft picks and fined a big whopping two million dollars. They hacked the Astros database and. Yeah, that's a uh, federal crime. You can't really do that. The guy who actually did it was St. Louis's executive, Chris Carrera. And yeah, he's also been... Is he going to jail? He is, and he is also banned from the MLB for life. He's getting even worse of a punishment than Pete Rose. So opening day is April 2nd. Day before Rob's birthday. Nice. Whose birthday? Robbie Bremner. Yeah, we need to give uh, Robbie Bremner some props. He's the one that makes all of our great uh, transition uh, music, or he d- opens our podcast with uh, the opening there. He does all our audio stuff for us. So, big shout out to Robbie Bremner. We would not be able to do this podcast without his expertise. Thank you, Robbie. I've also proposed something to him. I haven't even mentioned this to Lucas or Kevin. I proposed this to Robbie. What he thought of making a Snoop Dogg remix instead of nothing but a G thing. I think we should go with a nothing but a Sieg thing. What do you think about that one, Lucas? I'd like to at least hear what it sounds like. <laughs> oh, we, don't, we don't have it. It's just an idea. It's in its infancy. So. 
Yeah, I'd be okay with it. I'd be all right. Back to college basketball now. My matchup of the weekend will be number 23, Maryland, at number 11, Wisconsin, on Sunday. Division game, um, you know, Maryland's played really well, but I don't see Wisconsin losing another home game. I think Wisconsin edges that one out barely, but it should be a good competitive matchup there that day. What about you, Kevin? What's your game of the weekend? I think my game of the week is going to be on Saturday against the number three Kansas Jayhawks versus the number four Baylor Bears. You know, it looks like, once again, Kansas is probably going to win the Big 12 for the 14th straight year. No, I don't think. I think 12th or 13th, it's not 14th. Something like that, yeah. But anyway, I think this will be a good matchup. It's a top five matchup. Uh, it's at Baylor, so uh, we'll see if Baylor can pull the W. All right, Sam, what's your game of the weekend? I got a couple teams that are coming off some losses. North Carolina against... Virginia. Virginia's lost two in a row on the road at Virginia Tech, and they lost tonight at home to Duke. And North Carolina's got some big size. It's going to be interesting to see how Virginia's going to stop that. And uh, we'll see what kind of defense we can get from Isaiah Wilkins. And Is that his first name? Yeah. Okay. Okay, thanks, Lucas. I didn't totally butcher that. I just don't see Virginia being able to stop North Carolina, but it'll be interesting to see. North Carolina's at the top of the ACC. That's my matchup of the week. Should, should be a good weekend. I mean, we have Blackhawks on Friday, then we have a real weird thing going on Saturday, but it should be a lot of fun. Sam and I will be attending an Aaron Carter concert uh, here in Waterloo at Spicoli's, uh, uh, so that'll be interesting. I mean, he hasn't been like a thing in like 13 years or so. So, but yeah, he was he was popular when he was like 10 years old. I mean, his popular hits were like "I Want Candy," "That's How I Beat Shaq," uh, "Aaron's Party," "Come Get It," "Life Is a Party." So many great classics. So that'll be fun hearing him perform Saturday night, and uh, we'll definitely take some pictures, maybe some audios for the for our Twitter page for all you fans out there. So yeah, my thought when Lucas told me Aaron Carter was coming to concert here in Waterloo of all places, I was like, who does this concert actually appeal to? Because he was popular when he was ten, and now he's what 25, 26, 26 years old. I think. Yeah, he's twenty six years old. Who wants to go watch some? 26 year old dude who is a popular pop singer when he's 10 i think like 95 percent of the crowd there will be like peaked in high school rob Lowe type people yeah just like they're reliving the glory days um back uh, back in high school yeah 25 year old girls that used to have a crush on him lucas how come you didn't splurge for the 65 dollar meet and greet uh because i i just don't really care to meet him that much i mean yes he was awesome back in the day but what's up with it evan clean up your language Looks like we're leaving. Ha ha. Ha ha. What am I talking about? <laughs> Let's cut this out. Sorry. <laughs> Can we just not do it? Gonzaga. <laughs> the Brunson Burner. <laughs> well, Des Quesney, is that what you, you mean? Duquenis. I don't always watch best. I don't always watch basketball, but when I do, I watch just the mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Kevin, what are you doing, by the way? Oh, baby, baby, baby. Oops, I think I'm in love. <laughs> I, I hate that. Actually, don't ever do that again. Nope, I think think this episode is uh, good, and uh, thank you for listening, tuning in. We'll we'll try to get keep getting better at this and make the next one even better. Peace out.
la da 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 the same news no more we don't do the we don't do the same news do the same news no more window closed lucas got cold so he turned on the heater and now he's so regretful he's in a hurry 